This is the Luke Thomas Show podcast. You can listen to the full show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Today on the Luke Thomas Show podcast, I have a huge announcement about who is taking over this time slot when I'm gone. Huge, but yet great news. You are not going to want to miss it. Details are all inside. Plus, I talked to the UFC middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya. How about that? We dig into everything about UFC 253 and then some. The Luke Thomas Show airs weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. East Coast time right here on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. All right, let's do this. Uh, you have probably been wondering what is going to happen to your radio dial on Monday because I will not be here. Uh, I've had a great run. I am lucky to have been here, but it is time for me to pass the torch. So you are probably saying to yourself, well, what is the plan? Well, I told everybody all week long that A, SiriusXM had one, and B, it was going to be great. I believe that I have kept my word, and there's not going to be some, like, hiatus. This will start on Monday, August 31st. So this coming Monday, from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, you can expect a new show. It is called Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith will be taking over this time slot five days a week. I can think of no one in this business more qualified for this kind of an opportunity than Jimmy Smith. And I mean that quite literally. That's not just like, oh, I can think of no one. I'm just using those words. No, seriously, I can think of no one more deserving of this than Jimmy Smith. I can think of no one more qualified to do a good job, frankly, <laughs> than Jimmy Smith. This is the biggest no-brainer on earth, and he has waited his turn probably longer than he should have given the circumstances, but they are what they, they, were, they were what they were, but now they're changing, and now he finally gets an opportunity um, to step into a, you know, a much more prominent position not that he's not been doing great work. I mean, this is why he's going to get this call up, so to speak, because, A, he's had more experience on television than uh, probably I'll ever accumulate uh, uh, in terms of his commentary role. He's been doing phenomenal work when I was not here or on MMA Tonight or for pre- and post-fight shows. I mean, do I need to tell you how good his analysis is? It's tremendous. He is well-liked in the community. He fought himself. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I mean, this is a guy who is an experienced broadcaster who understands the business, understands the fans, understands the sport, and has an undying passion for it. And things didn't necessarily go probably you know, the way he had planned on the television side, but that doesn't mean that someone as talented as him can't just pick up and figure out another medium. TV and radio are not the same, and he is good at both of them. Nay, great. So starting Monday, August 31st, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern, unlocking the cage with Jimmy Smith. Jimmy is going to be on this show tomorrow. What time do you think he's going to be on, Cobb? Do you have a clearer sense of when that might be? Uh, I'm trying to make sure that this gets it locked in, but I'm thinking 1.30-ish. Maybe have him do the final Brawls Deep, which I think would be poetic, and then you guys can talk about the, the new show coming up on Monday. Perfect. Okay. And then, you know, we can't reveal all the details just yet, but the listeners out there, you guys should expect a very big first show and, of course, 
a very big first week from unlocking the cage. Now, Russo, you've worked with Jimmy on a number of occasions. Certainly, we both have been consumers of his work insofar as you know, listening to what he does on this channel or when he does commentary. You know, listen, I'm sure you're heartbroken about my insults leaving you in a professional context, but in all seriousness, I am not the least bit worried about MMA uh, coverage on SiriusXM because knowing that Jimmy Smith is stepping into this role is the most comforting thing I think we could do at this juncture, and I'm honestly thrilled for him, too. Yeah, and honest, obviously he was the one who used to cover for you when you were in here, and that's a very lofty role and one we only trust to the best. Jimmy Smith did it with no problem. Uh, it's going to be great having him on, giving him the full-time role. He's got insights into you know TV production and all these different things too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely tune in on Monday. It's going to be a fun show taking the place of a Lou Thomas show. Yeah, well, you know, it, it is a well-deserved opportunity, and it will be a different show. I mean, we are not the same people. We have a different sensibility, and nothing wrong with that. So don't expect a redux of what I am doing here. Let Jimmy flap his own wings and fly his own path, and I'm sure he will take you guys to great places. I'm a consumer of SiriusXM. I have a subscription. I will be listening because I feel like I would not be profiting uh, as a consumer of uh, MMA media if I wasn't. So Jimmy Smith will be the guy Monday to Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern right here, and the show will be called Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith. He will be on the show tomorrow to talk more about it, but the the we, the baton gets handed and the relay race continues, ladies and gentlemen. Seamless transition here, and I'm delighted that I had a chance to um, to do it this way rather than there being silence and no one's explaining anything to you. You know, for SiriusXM to let me talk about this and to do this handoff, it's not a given in a lot of media companies. I've had a number of shows. Let me tell you, where that was not the case, either as the one incoming or the one outgoing. So I really appreciate this opportunity from the company to do it this way. Hey, everyone, this is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app and Apple Podcasts. All right, let's get right to it. We are joined now by the UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya, who takes on and defends his title against Polo Costa September 26th. Hi, Mr. Adesanya. How are you? I'm very well. Just finished um, training in the gym. So, yeah, feeling good on a Thursday in beautiful Auckland, New Zealand. So I got a bunch of questions for you. First, I can see the background. It looks like there's a bunch of beds there. You guys are all bunked up, I guess, because of the... Yeah, this is the quarantine rules, right? Exactly. We we're going back down to level two after this, but and there's a few others. Some people in the physio room, uh, some people in another osteo room. But yeah, we're out here. So how has this impacted training? Other than you have to just hear everybody snore. Nah, man, it's the best. Like the I think it's impacted training in the best way possible. Um, just the nostalgia of it, because. Me and my my teammate Blood Diamond speak of the speak of the devil. <laughs> I saw him hitting the assault bike on uh, 
I think it was either your Instagram or Brad Riddell's. He was hitting the assault bike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. nah, boy, you can't wait. I can't see people see him. Like even you trying to break down one of his techniques will be something to watch. But anyway, um, the nostalgia of me and him living in China and just enjoying that that feeling of of living in the gym and just waking up and training. That's pretty much what I do now. So this this lockdown on unknowingly has had the best impact on the training camp for all of us. Like fuck, even sparring's not as like everyone's getting better just because we're here. We're just working constantly. And the thing is my opponents and future opponents won't know my game like these guys do. So the shit that I can do that these guys already know they don't know yet. Uh, who has the bed that was elevated? You showed me it. You're like facing it. Whose is off the ground? No, 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 no. The other way. Yeah, that one. Who's got off the ground? That's the prison bed. That's Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got. The, he's the only one that's got it. You know, a little bit of luxury in there. It's actually my girl's bed, but she she gave it to me to use. But then I realized I can't fit on that because I'm too long. So, yeah, he's using it. That's hilarious. Uh, all right, man. Well, look, I don't want to, you know, start on the super serious note, but and I know MMA fans always groan. Well, here's the thing. MMA fans always groan when you talk about topics like this, but literally it's happening right now. It just happened. I don't know if you saw this. Basically, the NBA, um, I don't know what you want to call it. Did they walk out? Did they strike? Did they boycott? The games are canceled. The NBA. Yeah, you didn't hear about this? No, no. So I, this, I woke this up was, and just started training. So like 30 years happened. About 30 minutes ago, 40 minutes ago, uh, so there was another police shooting of an unarmed uh, black man in uh, black Wisconsin. Man, yeah. And uh, okay. so the Lakers, the Trailblazers. Was this the one that happened like a couple of days ago? Yes, yes. And so uh, all the playoff teams canceled their games tonight, and now they're saying the season is in jeopardy. Um, the players decided it. I mean, I don't know what to say other than to get your reaction to this. I know you had spoken out previously in New Zealand when the Black Lives Matter sort of protests went worldwide. What is your reaction upon hearing that? Hey, fuck it. Let him walk out. Like, I mean, we have the power. We've always had the power. But um, for me, it's like, I haven't watched that tape yet. You know, when the George Floyd thing happened, like everyone else, like everyone with a heart, you get pissed off. You're angry. You're like, what the fuck? A guy kneeling on another guy with his hands in his pocket kneeling down so justifiably we all got emotionally react reactive but through my own work with my my, my therapist and my own life and stuff i'm trying to respond lately rather react because just the, the the narrative that gets pushed constantly is really is, is is really telling as to what is how do I phrase this? I'm trying to use use the right words here so I don't get no clickbait headlines. People who 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 own these media companies, they put on TV what they want to put on TV when there's a lot of things happening in the world right now that we know and we don't know about. So when they push something, it's because they want a reaction. And I just haven't watched the tape yet because I, I want to wait till the hype dies down, then I can watch it and respond to it rather than react. I'll leave it that way, because I've... It's fucked, but fuck it. If the NBA walks out, if they fuck their money up, 
that's the the owner's money and all the you know shareholders or whatever good if that if that's what it takes to bring change good if all these rappers stop fucking buying designer shit and promoting the designer shit or i don't know like whatever has to happen man like i'm finding my own way to change the world around me but yeah i'm doing that in my own life away from the media like i said i'm trying to respond not react because I feel like that's what they want. They want me to react. They want us to react. They want us to point the finger and blame each other. This side versus this side. You know, my God's better than your God. My race is better than your race. You know, my people are better than your people. Like, what the fuck is blue lives matter? You choose to be a cop. You don't choose to be black. It's a privilege to be black. But, yeah. Bottom line... I choose to respond rather than react. So I'm taking my time because it just happened. But good on the players in the NBA for doing so. Uh, I commend them for that. Yeah, I'll just say this. I, I watched the tape. Whew. Uh, yeah, that's why I haven't watched it yet. Not that I, I mean, I'll watch it eventually. But like I said, I want to watch it later on because I know if I watch it, exactly what they want to happen will happen. Yeah. And I'll react and I'll post about it and I'll get fucking mad. Again, even I'm getting mad thinking about it because I know he's alive. I know he's, he's in stable condition now, from yeah. what I've heard, mm-hmm. which is good. But fuck, I just, yeah, I, I don't want to re- react because I know that's what they want. So I've chose not to watch the tape yet till I see fit. Yeah, I don't know when that will be. I watched it and it's uh, last thing on this. I'll just say this is uh, it's obviously bad what happens between him and the cop. Like that's hard to watch. But the shit that got me was uh, his kids. His kids in the car. Yeah, I heard about and they're that. Ple- and you can see him pleading with the cop to stop. It's uh, it's bad, dude. It's not it's not good. Even like it, that reminds me of was it Sandra Bland, was it Sandra? No, not Sandra Bland. There was another girl um, with a baby in the car. I can't remember. There'd be so many. Fuck. Holy shit. It shouldn't be this many. But um, yeah, they're like, "Mommy, please stop crying. I don't want the cops to shoot you." And that was like a a, a surveillance tape from the back of the squad car. And that's like a five-year-old girl telling that to her mom. Mommy, please stop crying. I want them to shoot you. Like, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, in time, this, bro. It's a crazy world, right? In time. Yeah, in time. Everything, love will win in time. In time. It's just right now, there's 2020 vision, man. We're getting it. We are getting it <laughs> in the in the best way possible. I mean, we want a 2020 vision, right? Yeah. The the veil is being lifted on what this world really is. So in time, things will fall into place. All right. Well, let's get to the uh, – fair enough. Let's get to the matters at hand, and I appreciate your candor. All right. So I have to uh, I have to confess something, Israel. I saw the interview you did with the uh, the, the fellows at Submission Radio, and they had asked you about oh, – no. Well, it's okay. They're, those guys are great. Uh, but you had given a response to a question, namely, it, we don't know what this fight is going to be. And I'm imagining – you're not going to tell me, right? Is it going to be in Vegas or Fight Island? Do you want to tell me or no? Actually, I asked Eugene probably two days ago, and I said, is it 100% confirmed it's in? And he's like, so, Wow. <laughs> it's like 90, 95% confirmed where it is, but I don't want to speak out of turn because I've seen people do that and the UFC get mad. So I don't think I should say yet but right. where it's going to be. But I'm sure like... It's going to be where it's going to be, but I just don't know. 
I don't know what the what the holdup is. I'm just guessing it's money or restrictions with travel or whatever. I don't know, but we'll figure it out. All right. Well, that being said, you, you were asked about because if it's in Vegas, it will be at the Apex. If it's in Apex, it will be in the small cage. And your objection to that being a relevant factor was that listen, you have fought in a literal square, right, which has right angles, and if you can get around those. Uh, it's easier to get away. Fair enough, but let me let me challenge that argument just a little bit, if I may. Which is, but you're also boxing and or kickboxing, which means you have much larger gloves, which means you have a much larger shield if you know how to use it. You have a smaller margin for error with the MMA gloves. What am I not understanding about that being a possible benefit for Costa? Okay, well, you watch my fight with, with um, what's his name, the guy I fought in Glory for the title. Um, wellness you watch that fight i i don't use the the shield often i don't use their style wellness use that style of blocking you know low kick pro pro hook low kick you know what i mean but i used footwork to get around him i danced around him and i popped him at will i kicked his legs at will and also another reference i used in that interview was the brad tavares fight Mm. And that being at the Palms, being in a smaller cage, and everyone—I don't know—I don't know if there was any hype about it being in a smaller cage then. But I'm just surprised it's happening now. And I'm like, well, fuck! It didn't feel small to me. I felt fine. I was gliding. I was doing my thing. Um, but yeah. So if you look at that fight, my kickboxing world title fight, uh, I didn't. The gloves didn't make an issue with defense. You know, I wasn't hiding behind the gloves. You know. Um, one thing I did mention to Diamond the other day yesterday was I only thing I miss about the ring is being able to lean off the ropes and like just all that work. You know what mm. I mean? Because the the fence is blocking the back of your head, but on the on the ropes is that your mid back and you can just lean lean out of shots. That's only thing I miss about the ring, or one of the main things I miss about the ring. But yeah, the gloves don't have an an effect, if you will. And if it's in Vegas, I don't care if it's in fucking Fire Island, I don't care if it's in Morocco. It doesn't matter. It's We're going to fight, and it's a cage. It's big enough for the two of us. The only the only challenge I would say, although the uh, the leaning you mentioned, Tyson Fury is the king of that, right? Leaning against the ropes yeah. and getting out of the punches because yeah. he's so tall. I love that shit. It's awesome. But uh, the one challenge I would say is Tavares' fight was in the small cage. Fair enough. But he doesn't march people down like Costa. I mean, here's the thing about Costa, right? He's I looked at his numbers today. He lands about eight or nine strikes a minute, which is very high by UFC standards. He also eats six or seven a minute, which is also high by UFC standards. He's just willing to eat one to march into you. And so for those reasons, I think it's a different dynamic than it is with Tavares. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Tavares is not the same type of um, – Tavares actually has a brain, if you will. He's actually <laughs> smart enough to know not to, not to march me down. Uh, he learned pretty quickly as well once I started attacking um yeah that's what makes him strong is gonna be his downfall in this in this fight what makes him dangerous is what's gonna make him susceptible to me as well and all right here i'll I'll put a puzzle to you all right game plan in this, in this fight, I don't say game plan, but one thing we're gonna do is we're gonna stare the pot. Nah, fuck that. We're gonna we're gonna put him in the cauldron. We're just gonna we're just gonna put him in the cauldron in this fight. 
if you, you make make of that what you will, we'll put him in a cauldron in this fight. No matter how big or small the cage is, we'll put him in a cauldron in this fight. So I've been doing some tape study in preparation for this interview, and there's a few things I have to ask about that. One, I don't know how relevant a factor this is, but I wonder if you've thought of it. In his Hendricks fight, in the in the uh, uh, Bang Boshe fight, in the Uriah Hall fight, and in the Romero fight, there were fouls in all of them, either ball kicks or eye gouges. What, what do you make of that? I don't think it's intentional, but it just seems to happen constantly in his fights with him. Hmm. I don't remember the I remember the Romero fight briefly, but I don't remember the Uriah Hall fight being a foul. I remember him being jabbed up a lot. Yes. Being jabbed up a lot. Yep. Um but yeah, those those numbers, um and bro, I'm longer than Uriah Hall. Those numbers are nice. I like that. And, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> also he the the guys he fights, they, they succumb to his his pressure due to lack of intelligent footwork. Due to lack of intelligent understand understanding of the of, of their surroundings, being aware of where they are, they don't understand where the you know those two black lines on the cage. They don't they don't realize what those mean when they stand on them. You know, um, the guys that he, I mean, he fought Romero on the fence, and that's where he does his best work. Romero was 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 smart enough to adapt and roll with the shit. Um, but yeah. It's just not the same, Luke. It's not the same. And this is, I mean, you're a smart man. You 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 probably realize this. He's not fighting someone that he's fought before or a style he's fought before. And you're gonna see some 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 old tricks in this fight. Some old tricks that need to be revised. And yeah, even someone in I say this, someone in in one of the recent shows actually scored a knockout with um some old tricks i keep talking about so yeah it's 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 fun to, it's fun to be going back in in the bag and bringing out these these old weapons people are going to say oh it's new he's learned i know like, these are old weapons i just haven't used in a long time and it's due to the fact that this guy is just he's dumb and he's willing to walk right into them so the other factors that i was sort of pinpointing that i, I noticed one you mentioned the jabs, Uriah Hall was crushing him with the jab over and over and over. The other one is uh, off-rhythm stuff. Like, he'll he'll lean to get out of the way, and then as soon as he comes back, he, he gets popped for another one. He doesn't have that pull, like, two kind of thing going on. And then the other one is no one ever turns him. No one ever really turns him. They kind of just wait. He marches down, and the <laughs> they just wait. He marches him down, and it's a shit show in the end. So, so I, I wonder. The answer just then, but it's okay. Okay, when you try to help people understand, you know, the guys he's fought, they were not chumps, right? They were high level on certain level at certain things. He's only fought two guys that were ranked. He's only ever fought two guys that were ranked. So that Hall and Hall Romero. Okay, so what went wrong for Uriah Hall? Was that? What went wrong for Uriah Hall? Uriah Hall just succumbed and got discouraged. It's like, I'm hitting this guy. He keeps coming forward. Before the Gaston fight, Eugene said to me, this is like the day before, the week before, and the day of, the night of. He said, you're going to touch this guy. You're going to keep touching this guy. He's just going to keep walking forward, and he's going to have a good poker face. He's going to look like he's not being hurt, but trust me, you're hurting him. Trust me, you're hurting him. And that first round after I got dropped, I still touched him up a little bit. And then the second round, I was touching him up. And eventually when I dropped him, 
I, then I didn't go for the kill. I didn't get overly eager. I pulled back and I was just like, just keep touching him and don't get discouraged. Keep touching him. You're hurting him. And lo and behold, round three, four, five, he, he couldn't hide it anymore. His chin couldn't hide it anymore. No matter what fucking supplements you've been on, your chin doesn't have <laughs> that protection, if you will. So Uriah Hall was touching him, but he got discouraged. And also he doesn't know how to follow up sometimes under pressure when he lands the jab. He doesn't know what shots to follow up with. Um, and yeah, I just think he got discouraged. And then he just like, fuck this. Like, it's a mental thing. I could see it when it happened. And he just succumbed to Costa's um, <clears throat> joggernautness, if you will. Right. So, uh, who is I'm not somebody? The same type of fighter. Who is somebody that you don't train with, that you look at in UFC that has good footwork? The kind of footwork you're talking about, the evasion footwork, they set things up, get out of bad spots. I like the Sandman, he's good. Do you have a particular fight in mind? The mm, Sandman. Fuck, oh my God. I was just talking to him yesterday. I don't know, because I'm on the spot now. His name escapes me. Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen, yes. Corey, yes. Sandman. Fuck. I know his name. Sorry, Corey. It's just being put on the spot. Yes, yeah, Sanhagen. When he fought the... Uh, I can't remember which fight it was, but... I, whenever he fights, every fight he has, I love the way he he moves. I love the way he sets up his traps. I love the way he switches and he hides the switches. I like the way he drifts. Yeah. No, the way he switch hits as well. He's nice but, with it. Fair to say that the kind of footwork you're talking about is in short supply, even in high-level MMA? 100%. 100%. Very short supply. Stan Hagen, who else can I think of? Mighty Mouse, definitely. Um... You know, uh, who else can I think of? If you if you look at Brad Riddell, if you look at Brad Riddell in certain fights that I've I've seen him, he has really nice footwork, really nice footwork. Um, yeah, this is it's really it's it's scarce in MMA. So that's why when I say like, you, know, you want to call it running, there's no running here. Like I, I make people miss and I make them pay. I make people walk into traps. I make people think that's an opening. And before they realize it, oh, fuck. You know, they think, oh, that's a hole in this game. Let me, let me, let me exploit that. They jump in the hole and fuck, fuck around and realize it's a trap. It's not just any old regular hole. So, yeah, there's certain things that we've been working on, like I keep telling you, man. <laughs> what, what, uh, this is uh, easily... This this is easily your biggest rivalry, even even more so. The John Jones thing is just uh, you know sort of a fantasy thing. But why do you think people respond not yet, so not really? That'll happen. Yeah, but why do they respond so strongly to this one? What what are the ingredients that make it work? Oh, you mean for the rivalry? Yes. I I don't have any personal issue towards the guy, but I just don't. I don't fuck with him, and he doesn't fuck with me. Some energies just don't mix, and that's even a good lesson in life. You don't have to like everyone. Some energies just don't mix, and it could be from the past or it could be from just what it is. But this, I just, I feel like maybe I remind him of someone, and I think he reminds me of someone or some type of people. So, yeah, we just don't like each other, and that's okay. 
I don't, you don't, not everyone's going to like you. You don't have to like everyone. But um, the beef as well, I think just for the casuals or for the fans, it's the look of it, the aesthetics. Like, that's what really makes this one um, marketable. You know, he's, like I said, the perfect antagonist. He's juiced to the gills, fucking hits people with body shots and hooks against the fence. Rarely drops anyone in the middle or ever. But it's his best work is against the fence. That's his, that's his thing. He marches you down. And he's a marauder. And then there's me. Fucking geeked up kid, skinny, joker clown, who just comes in there and fucks him up. It's like a David and Goliath story. So that's that's what I, I think is, is the selling point to this fight, is the fact that I'm just the skinny dude that's going to come in as a champ and whoop this this credible threat that's placed in front of me. So what does it say about USADA that he's been in the UFC this long and basically not had an issue? And don't give me this, well, it's the pandemic stuff, because the pandemic only started in, what, February, March, right? He's been in the UFC for years. So what is the issue here? I mean, I have very different views on drugs in that sport, but I don't, I don't understand how this can be the highest level and then he can go apparently undetected essentially all this time, the IV issue notwithstanding. Yeah, the, there was that IV issue he had. But the thing is, I've been to Brazil, and Brazil reminds me a little bit of my own home city, Lagos. And I I know how things work in in those kind of countries, in corrupt countries. I know how things work. I know um, even who just fucking... Why did Romero pull out from the Uriah Hall fight? Don't know. Don't know. Exactly. Exactly. So... But he lives here. Yeah, but, I mean, he he pulled out... Is it because of an injury or did something else happen? But as for as he, neither here, here nor there, I just, I have my own suspicions. Um, but this guy even, I, I think he tweeted, someone told me he hasn't tested or been tested in the last how long. I'm like, I got tested in the last, like when I talked to him on um, ESPN, it was two times in three weeks. And it was the first time they tested me at nighttime, twice. They tried to catch me off guard, but. I have nothing to hide. Um, and he comes out. And I, I put, Before the interview, when I, once I saw him, I started talking shit to him. And I was like, wait, tell me when's the last time you got tested? And he couldn't give me a clear answer. And then I think the guy with the glasses tried to, you know, tell him what to say. But it is what it is. Like, look at this. I beat your Romero. And now he's being, you know, pulled out of a fight or out of the fight with Uriah Hall for undisclosed reasons. Cool. I beat this guy. Like I said, I said it. I don't know if it was you or someone else or Ariel said, I'm going to pop him before you started. Does. So once I pop him September 26th, down the line, watch him get popped again. Do you have like actual reason to believe or to know that Romero has some, an issue? I don't know. I just look at the landscape of things in the history of people pulling out with undisclosed reasons and then what comes out afterwards. So... Oh, I believe. And Romero, yeah, I mean, Romero, didn't he have that thing with tainted supplements that he won? Apparently, he won like all this money. He was exonerated, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, people, you'll never catch any kind of issues with me. You'll never ever catch any kind of tainted supplements. Knock on wood. You'll never <laughs> catch any kind of shit. Like, because I, I watched Icarus a few years ago and I was like, bro, that's a lot of work, man. That looks like a lot of work trying to cheat. Like, yeah, black men don't cheat. Yeah, well, you got to be rich to cheat well. That's the issue. 
Because once you buy the designer stuff, there's. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Yeah, but I, just, I don't know. I just don't. It seems like too much work, and I, I can. I don't know. I just, for me personally, I just wouldn't be able to sleep with myself, man. Like, what's something? Okay, we've been doing some really good breath work, that gives us an edge. We've been sleeping very good. We've even just did some mobility exercises, uh, with Theo. Um. That stuff that gives me an edge, but everyone has access to that. Um, my dancing, I guess, me, me, that gives me a little bit of an edge. I feel because I have something else that no one else has. But for for someone, I don't know. For me, if I started to take something like steroids and then just to try get an edge at training so I can be better than my opponent, nah, my integrity. I want to sleep with myself. Like I would know every time I look at that belt. I could lie to myself, but I'd know. I'd know. But the fact that I've done this clean, pure, it just makes it that much better. And like I said, I'll see what the next few few weeks hold uh, and and see what, what happened with why Romero pulled out. I'm, I'm interested to know. I'm just curious. And I'll see what happens after the fight with Costa in the next few months and see what happens because you can only run for so long and we're not stupid bro i don't want to make this confession about this purely but we're not stupid like <laughs> it's like if it looks like a duck if it quacks like a dog well fucking quack quack you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know what to say about it i have, I have slightly different views but i i, I understand your perspective that's certainly. right we cannot share we, we, yeah, we cannot share views i'm i'm sure there's people that um genetically gifted in certain ways that just I mean a guy like T Woodley, I don't think he's on anything, but he's just jacked as fuck. He's thirty eight too. That dude's almost forty. Exactly. So there's reason to believe, but I just don't think he is. And also I don't think he's had any discrepancies. But there's certain people you look at there before, you know, like when they won the ultimate fighter with blonde hair. And then you look at them over time and how their bodies have changed and how their styles have changed. And and you know and you know Streets is talking as well, so that's all I'll say. All right, fair enough. Well, look, we've been gracious with your time. I'll let you run. This is the last interview we'll do as part of this radio show. I'm sure we'll have... Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes, the the hip-hop horn. Yes, thank you. you, bro. I see you. Thank you. That's a big network. So, I mean, you're doing... I mean, what was it Ariel did first? Now you, you're like, fuck it, I'm out. What I'm happy you know, for you. I'm not, I'm not cashing Izzy checks, but I'm I'm doing all right. You know, it's, I'm trying to make my way. It's good. It's still good. Hey, it's still it's still a step up the ladder. You know, so congratulations on moving on up. And yeah, Thank thanks you. for having me, and thanks for all your breakdowns. Well, not just me, but for everyone, we appreciate your work. You know. Thank you. Well, you guys keep me on my toes. I'll, I'll put it that way. One day I got to get down to Auckland and see the real thing for myself. But I just want to say thank you so much for today and for all the times you have made a, an appearance for us uh, in, in lo- on location or anything else. It's always been a treat, man. We really, we really can't thank you enough. Nah, thank you, sir. Appreciate it, my man. And good luck. Though I'll, be, I'll probably, I'll probably yarn to you on CBS Sports. You'll probably be having a suit on. <laughs> suit and tie probably Tuxedo, maybe <laughs> probably maybe one day uh we'll see how it goes i'll see you on the road but can't wait for the 26th thank you so much israel my man easy as look after yourself luke we'll do do the same take care 
Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at L Thomas News and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.